Hi, you're listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life with me, your host, Mimi Novik. I'm so happy and thrilled to have you here with me. I have created this series for all of us so we can change our world together and live a more holistic and balanced life. Together, we will share lots of inspiring stories from all walks of life, speak with leading experts, enjoy healthy living ideas, explore music and subjects that inspire each other to always have hope. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all of you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Secrets for an Inspirational Life. How are you all? I hope that you are well. I hope that there are moments of pure joy and that no matter what is happening right now, wherever you are in your life, around you, in the world, that there is that flickering flame of hope. That is something that we must truly keep alive in ourselves. And it is the sanctuary within us that can enlighten our hearts and our soul truly, because these times are so, so difficult, but also they are an absolutely incredible opportunity for us to really rise to another level of consciousness. I really believe that. And when you look around you, even the simplest things, today I was actually with some swans and I absolutely adore them. And it is things like that, that show us that there is this divine pattern that we are part of and that we are here on this planet at this time for a purpose and we must with all our hearts find that purpose in order to find that eternal peace that will resonate within our lives and those that we love and all those that we meet in fact and with that in mind I am absolutely delighted and so very pleased to welcome my guest today, who is the very talented and very interesting Maurice F. Martin. Maurice is all the way in the United States, and I'm very excited about that. I always get excited about people all over the world, I have to say. And he has done many things, and he is many things. He is a counsellor, an author, a coach, and former co-host of the TV show, Getting the Word Out. He also actually co-hosts a podcast, which is called Grace Factor. Maurice made his name as an award-winning vocalist and songwriter, and has shared the stage with many major music artists. His compositions have been licensed to major networks such as VH1, MTV, and the Discovery Channel. 
Maurice has been through, let's say, a challenging life journey from a painful childhood to battling depression in his 20s. After becoming an award-winning vocalist and songwriter, Maurice hit rock bottom and it became really quite clear that there had to be a change in his life. Since then, he has healed and completely changed his life and is now an inspiration to others through his immensely interesting and deeply spiritual work. He has recently published a new book called Your Butt is Too Big, Seven Principles That Empower You to Heal Past Hurts and Get Motivated. Today, he shares his uplifting story. Welcome, dear Maurice. Thank you so much for having me. You you made me sound so much more profound than I think I am. Um, uh, about halfway through your introduction, uh, I started tearing up a little bit. I said, oh, this might be a wild ride today. Uh, you, you're, you're on one already, I see. <laughs> well deserved, Maurice. Well deserved. <laughs> Absolutely. You have done some incredible things mm. and um, I'm truly delighted to have you here. Thank you so much. It's an, it's truly an honor to be here. Um, and as we were just discussing, uh, to be in different parts of the world um, and yet to um, to embark on a conversation about things that matter so much to all people. It's, I'm excited. Me too. Now tell everybody where you are, the exact sort of location. Mm-hmm. I am currently in Akron, Ohio. Um, and so it's a, a small little town in Ohio, um, and I live uh, uh, actually in this in this small little complex, right right on uh, a little bit of water and grass. And so, uh, <laughs> oh, how lovely! And so, uh, yeah, it's uh, I live here with my uh, my wife and my two little babies. You may hear uh, at some points them in the background in the next room over. And so, yeah, I'm in Akron, Ohio. Oh, how wonderful! It, it's I always find it actually truly miraculous because although we have met sort of on this I don't even want to say technology because it's not that we don't meet people um that way we actually meet people on a far deeper level Mm -hmm. whether we ever meet each other in real life is another thing but there is still a connection that is really there between everyone it's like you yourself as you know being in the industries that you are to have such a profound influence on people mm. um, with such things as podcasts or whether it's your work and just people to hear your voice. And I, I, I was saying to Maurice um, earlier, actually, his voice is something that I could listen to all the time and tell stories as such, because it's a powerful medium, isn't it, Maurice? Mm-hmm. It is. You know, I think that's one of the most profound things about life is that it's often the things you can't take credit for that transcend people the most, right? It's yeah. the heart, the heart that you were born with. It's the vision in which you look at life. It's the physical, tangible features that you couldn't have possibly honed on your own. And so anytime a person says to, and I hear that a lot, you I, I could listen to your voice all day. Well, I wish I could take credit for my voice. Um, but but truly it's a divine gift that I was given. Um, and the 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 key becomes can I get healthy enough as a human to use the voice to make positive impact and positive change? And that's, that's really what I focus on in my life these days. 
What a beautiful statement, really. How lovely. Now, I want to take you back, really, Maurice, to you do so many incredible things, as I've said. But what's important, I think, for people out there and for myself as well to hear is the journey towards success. And success means different things for different people. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about monetary success because you could always have all the money in the world and be the most miserable person. It's something different. And as I said, every person has their own measure of what is it a successful life. But what I love about your story is that you have been through so many difficult things, but that in fact, you didn't build, you know, things out of thin air. It was purely through your soul journey, through your tears, through your suffering, that you were able to build this road that leads to your destiny. Mm. I, I love how you worded that. Yes, absolutely. You know, and there's... Yeah. Yes, go ahead. I was Sorry, just say, I just wanted to say that... Yeah. People who have been through such remarkable difficulties, I always find, are the people who can guide other people through life. Mm -hmm. You cannot, and I've said this before, and I really believe this in life, you cannot guide anyone to a place you haven't been yourself. Mm, That's so true. And that's the difference between if we're talking in therapy mode or counseling mode or coaching mode or or healing mode, you have to have felt that fire. You have to have felt the pain and the suffering on your own soul in order then to recognize the resonance of that aching and suffering in another soul. Mm-hmm. So tell me, let's go back. Tell us a little bit about your life because you went through a very difficult time. Mm. And people through your story are going to be inspired because of where you are today mm-hmm. and to inspire them not to give up hope, but to keep hanging on. Absolutely. I I think when I think, when I really think about my life, I believe that I was born, and, and there's many people like me, um, that were born to feel deeply, um, to experience life deeply. And when you've been born to be a person who feels the atmosphere of a room, who feels the pain in the room, the, the weight of the room, the everything transcendent in the room sometimes the room can destroy you or it can build you up my childhood i would say was almost the tale of of multiple stories um i was i was born um in my first couple of years i spent with my mother and we lived at my grandparents house and i you know i i was born with a loving mom she was young Um, But by the time I was about four years old, my mom um, got married and I found myself 
and she found herself in a very abusive situation, um, verbal abuse, physical abuse. And there was a lot of traumatic moments that I experienced as a kid. I wouldn't say that it was um, the type of things that you see in the newspaper necessarily, right? And so I don't know that I, I didn't know I was experiencing trauma. I didn't know that I was experiencing anything other than normal life, right? Um, that everybody must experience mom yelling and screaming and everyone must experience having to break up fights and arguments and everyone must have seen what I've seen. That's what I thought. And so as I got to, um, you know, six, seven, eight years old and then, you know, older into high school, there was a certain level of fear that I always had. And I'm not talking about the healthy fear that some people say is needed with healthy discipline, right? We're talking about crippling fear, crippling anxiety, deep, disturbing depression, feeling not good enough when I was five, six, seven years old, feeling unworthy of love, unworthy of respect, unworthy of so many things that are critical to a positive human experience. And so I, I, I remember I got to college. So now I've, I've obviously I've skipped through much of my life story and I'm studying music in college and I'm angry. I'm, I'm frustrated. I've got so many emotions and I can't seem to get them in check. And so a friend says, Marisa, you're struggling and you need to go to therapy. And the first time I walk into a therapist's office, I'm, I'm 18 years old and the therapist starts asking me questions. Tell me about your childhood. Tell me about your life. And she stops me mid-sentence. She says, Maurice, you are describing things as love, discipline, admiration. You're using these words and I hear the words, but what I hear you describing is abuse and trauma and pain. How have you managed to distort love and trauma as the same thing? And at that point, I almost felt guilty. I felt like I'd said something wrong. I had done something wrong. And the truth is that she was exposing for me that the life that I thought was ordinary was anything but ordinary. It's ordinary life, ordinary moments in life that can cause extraordinary pain. It's moments that you didn't notice were as resonant as you thought that linger and never stop. And so as I went through, um, I, I speak in, in my new book uh, at length about, you know, going through the end of college and my life kind of fell apart at the end of college. And I started, you know, got into the music industry and I'm making music and, and I'm accomplishing things and all of the things sound good on paper, right? Like you're, oh, as soon as I get this next award, as soon as I, as I get to get to get on the stage with this artist, as, as soon as I get on TV for the first time, as soon as I hear my voice on the radio, then I'll be happy. Then my life will have meaning. And what you find is that every time you reach the then moment, your joy is not there. The peace is not resting in that place. The, the, the contentment that you thought would exist there in that accomplishment is not present. And I got to a point in my life where I realized that there was no, there was nothing that I was looking for in, in, in the accomplishments. 
that the success I was looking for and the contentment and the peace of mind that I was looking for seemed to not be possible to be achieved through accomplishing tasks alone. There was something deeper I was going to need. There was something deeper I was going to need to find. And, and, and I don't know, you know, what the, the, the individuals are like who are listening today, but there's probably someone else who has gone through this experience where you get the job promotion. You, you, you reach the, you reach the, the accolade that everybody pats you on the back for. And then when you go stare in the mirror, you think I'm nothing like they've described. I'm nothing like people think I am. I'm empty. I'm a fraud. <laughs> And I think that it is that pain, um, it is that experience that ultimately led me to, to realizing I had to change because every empty accomplishment that I felt and that I lived through took me deeper and darker into depression and deeper and darker into anxiety to a point where there was a period of my life I didn't want to be alive anymore. Well, it's the point. Nothing that I do makes me happy. Nothing that I do brings me peace or brings me joy. Nothing that I do makes my life feel valuable or meaningful. So maybe I should just give up and walk away from the whole thing. And I think that it was the desperation of those feelings that ultimately opened my heart up to the possibility of where my life went as I transformed. My goodness, that is very powerful. And as you were talking, Maurice, it was, in fact, a journey mm. that I could really identify with because mm. there are so many things that you said in that. Firstly, the important thing is where you thought that it was normal, mm -hmm. in inverted commas, it, it was normal how you were living. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I want to ask you is that when you went to your therapist and then someone says to you, well, actually, that's not normal. That is trauma. Mm -hmm. Firstly, people don't understand what trauma is mm -hmm. in a lot of cases. Um, if someone says to somebody, actually, this trauma, even the word itself feels traumatic. You know, mm. it's a serious word. Um, but what I would like to know is, because you built your life on certain standards, certain beliefs, and certain survival methods up mm. until that point, mm -hmm. and then someone comes in effect and smashes that idea of your life, of, in fact, who you are, who you identify as a person mm -hmm. in this world. Mm -hmm. How did you manage to then move on and firstly create this career, to be able to lift yourself up to create this career? And then not only to lift yourself up to create this career, to be successful, to receive the accolades, and yet to look in the mirror and to say, well, you know, so what really? 
you know, it's all sort of, I don't know, um, sand between your fingers at the end of the day. It doesn't have any meaning. Mm-hmm. So this in itself was a soul journey up until that point. How did you manage to cope with such, number one, a huge revelation, number two, to become so successful, and then to realize, in effect, that none of that really was that important, as was to find out who you really were. Mm-hmm. Such a such a great question. I would almost have to say when you ask me, how did you first cope and how did you first do it? Mm. it the initial answer is, I'm not sure that I did cope. Or if I did cope, I did it from a place of muscle, not soul. Mm. And what I mean by that is that when you have been built to survive, when your entire life has been built around, learn how to survive the moment so that you can live to fight another day. Survival skills are all that you turn to. And sometimes survival skills mute your soul. Survival skills almost dampen the the, the genuine heartfelt feelings that are resonating within you. And so I would say that during my 20s, because the gap between the first time someone said, Maurice, you have trauma. And when my life actually changed, there was a decade in between. And so it's almost like at first, I thought that I could muscle my way through the trauma. You know what? They've told me that I've been through some things. They're right. I've been through some things. Now, let me, in in America, they say, you know, pull yourself by the bootstraps (laughs) and get up and deal with life. And 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 I did the American way. I muscled my way through. I worked harder. I got busier. I, and then I turned to coping skills that weren't healthy. There was there was drinking, and there was getting high, and there was women, and there was always something that I was doing to mask the pain, and to mask the feelings. And so, how did I get through? How did I get to that place of accomplishment? Well, I muscled my way to accomplishment. We can we can put in enough hours and log enough hours to to be accomplished on paper. And a yeah. lot of people have learned that skill, right? They've mm. learned how to muscle their way to to get to CEO. They they've muscled their way to get to um you know to a million followers on on Instagram and Facebook and all these other things. And their muscles are working, but their soul is muted. Their soul is hidden. Their soul is lost behind the emotions. And the moment that you really get them in deep conversation, you realize it. Oh, you're not in touch with you. And so, you know, the, the, the second part of my journey was honestly that I hit, I hit rock bottom. The drinking had gotten so bad and the depression had gotten so bad and the suicidal feelings had gotten so bad. I didn't want to live. And I, I had a moment I call the divine encounter. And I felt like I I heard the presence of something speaking to me in a way that woke me up out of a, out of a slumber, and and so I would say that the second part of how I changed and how I really did it was that I had to slow down. 
I had to realize, Maurice, you can't move this fast and feel. You're going to have to sit in some feelings you'd rather avoid. You're going to have to deal with some thoughts you'd rather pretend your past. And it was in the slowing down of life that I was able to really deal and grapple and get to the other side of the pain. What a superb answer. And I am really moved by something that you said there, all of it, in fact, but something particularly poignant is that sometimes in order to survive, you mute the soul. Mm -hmm. And I've contemplated this myself when I hear stories in my own life also. Is it actually that we're not listening to our soul? Or is it in fact that at that time, our soul is listening to us? <laughs> and it's actually carrying us through. Mm -hmm. And the physical, in the physical world, the physical body, the mind, is obviously on autopilot in many ways. Mm -hmm. But the soul is something different. It's connected to something different. Absolutely. And you speak about this epiphany, in a way, mm -hmm. that you encountered. And I truly believe that people that I've spoken to in my life and that I speak to Everyone that has been touched by this divine grace, Maurice, is able to somehow change their life completely. Mm. And I believe this is the key. This is the key that opens everything within us. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is difficult. Okay. And yes, we have to confront ourselves. Mm -hmm. But unless we do, like you yourself, I, many other people out there have, you cannot lead a life that is real. The soul will be in constant torture, mm -hmm. in constant pain, mm -hmm. and calling out to us but in a way that is distressing. So any form of addiction or I suppose distraction method mm -hmm. is a way really to quieten the soul, we think. We think. Yeah. But in my humble, you know, belief, it's actually in these moments of rock bottom where the soul propels us to something greater. Mm. One thing that I said in, in my new book is that rock bottom is a firm foundation where one can build a new life. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. That, mm. that, you know, I loved what you, what you just said, um, because, you know, I almost look at it like when you described autopilot, 
anything in your life that you have have dealt with um, traumatic moments, um, depressing you know, the, the, the emotions that we interact with in life, anything that you don't heal from or deal with has a way of dealing with you. And so you believe you're in control of a moment, but because you haven't actually dealt with the the powerful things you've interacted with, they start to actually control your life. They begin to control the, the lens with which you even look at life. And so I would almost think of it like, picture that there is a sound in your home and you know, you've got an appliance in your home and it hums. And, and at first you go, what is that noise? And you just hear this constant hum. But eventually over time, you're able to stop noticing the hum. The hum just sounds like home. <laughs> and someone else comes to your home one day and they say, what is that sound? And you say, sound, you hear something? And they say, yeah, you don't hear that? And you say, oh yeah, that's right. I have an appliance that makes a sound. Life has a way of doing the same thing. Our emotions, our, our feelings, uh, the deepest parts of us have a way of almost, we stop noticing them. We stop paying attention to them. They're still affecting us. You've got to turn up the TV just a little bit louder because of that hum. You got to speak a little bit louder because of that hum, but you've adjusted your life and adapted your life. I have met so many people in my time as a counselor and, and as a life coach that they have grown so accustomed to the pain of life that they don't notice the pain, that they don't even know that they're uncomfortable. They've grown comfortable in uncomfortability. And so sometimes you actually have to take the time. We have to take the time as individuals to say, do you feel the pain that you're in? Because when I look in your eyes, I can see it. When I listen to your story, I can hear it. When I watch your behaviors, it's obvious that there's pain. But are you in touch with it or is it just driving you? And when we become in touch with the pain, anything that I touch, I can change. Anything that I put my hands on or that I wrap my heart around, I can eventually transform or heal. And truly, those encounters are divine encounters. Those are the deepest type of spiritual interactions we have is when I deal with the moments that have been haunting me for 20 years, the moments that have been paining me for five years, the things that for 30 years of my life seem to be chasing me down. When I turn to them and confront them and heal from them, it is the most divine of encounters that there is. And, 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 you know, and the way that I look at life, you know, um, from, from my lens is that something greater than me has given me the courage to deal in that moment. And ultimately it is a divine healing that takes place when I say enough is enough. And when I realize that I'm enough, I'm worth stopping and confronting. I'm worth talking through this issue. I'm worth going to counseling or going to a coach and dealing with this. I'm worth reading this book. I'm worth journaling. When you realize that you're worth taking the time to get better, you're speaking to the spirit and to the soul that has been hurting. You're, you're, you're talking to it. It's, it's the greatest hug that you can give your soul to say, hey, I see you.
I feel you and you deserve to get better. And so I'm going to take the time right now to stop letting the things that have been hurting you for too long to continue that process. So I know you're scared. I, I know you're feeling restless. I know you're anxious. But I love you so much that we're going to stop masking the pain and deal with the pain and heal through the pain. And to me, that is the most beautiful interaction that a person can have with their past. What a beautiful, beautiful answer. It is so profound. And it makes me remember the saying of ultimately that the pain that we have, not only is it our greatest teacher, mm. but the remedy, our healing, lies in the pain. Yes. Yes. And I remember when I was young and I had a condition where I woke up one morning and I couldn't move and I couldn't walk for a year. Mm. And I remember going to the orthopedic surgeon and he said to me, you know, you are going to have to make friends with this pain. And at that time, I was very young and I cried and I cried. And I said, is this something that can be helped? Or is this something that I will be free of this pain? And God bless him, really. He's passed away now. But he said, no, you will never be rid of it. Mm because it's here as your teacher in life. Wow. And that, Maurice, was something that shook me at the young age. I was mm. 20. And I said, but I don't want pain to be my teacher. He mm. said, you don't realize. You take its hand now, today, here. Take its hand and it will guide you through life. Mm. It will tell you when you're on the wrong road. It will tell you you're on the right road. It will tell you when you need to rest. It will tell you when you can be overjoyed. But you will have that for the rest of your life. That's your destiny. Mm. And I remember crying. I got into the car and I was weeping and weeping. And then I had this moment like yourself where this light came into the car mm. and I felt that someone said to me, it's going to be okay because mm. this is your new life. Wow. And since that day, like yourself, you take pain by the hand because you realize that unless you truly face that pain, whether that be physical, whether that be spiritual or emotional, you can't pass through that very small, I suppose, chasm. Mm. You can't do it. 
because you have to surrender. Mm. You have to surrender to a far greater power than oneself Mm -hmm. and truly say, you know, I surrender. And it's in that moment of total surrender to the soul, to God, that I feel that it is then that you can be free. Yes. I agree a hundred percent. I it's interesting that that the surrender of the spirit is different than the sur- the surrender in physical battle. In yeah. physical battle, surrender means I give up and I will now become a prisoner. Right? <laughs> Very true. Absolutely true. Yes. In spiritual life, surrender says. I'm done trying to do this in my own strength. So I Mm. surrender to a power greater so that now I can find freedom. Mm. Yeah, that's an important point, actually, Mm. to make, because people might be, and all of us have held that, that we can't, whether that be through the physical pain, the emotional pain, as I said, can't carry on. And in this world, Mostly, people are only interested in the physicality. Mm -hmm. And hence, why so many people are sad, so many people are suffering. But the spiritual life, if we can begin this journey, and I know it's something that um, is very much part of your life, Maurice, but the spiritual life, if you can, like all the sages of all the wise people, of all the holy people out there that can actually envelop with their spiritual power, if we could rise to that moment of a great divine state of being where the spiritual overcomes the physical. Mm. It's at this point where we can overcome anything that life Mm -hmm. throws at us. Yes, no, absolutely. What you're describing is the birthplace of hope. Hope is when everything that I believe in and everything that I stand for, that, that when I lean into it, it propels me beyond my physical situation. It, it it keeps me going beyond my physical limitations. It, it it plants something inside of me that gives me energy when I've run out, that gives me faith when faith seems faithless, that there's something inside of me that says, I know that something greater than what I can see is possible. I know that something beyond what I feel is possible. And when I lean into the possibilities of what could be, it empowers me to become. And I think that what people need to understand in this, and they need to hear this, that you and I both described transcendent moments, but the moments, the miracle moments we experience, they don't last. And and people need to know that true transcendent transformation is a journey. It takes time. It's one step in front of the other. 
It's as you were describing, it's learning how to grab the hand of something that is teaching you. And then after you have let go out of frustration, getting yourself to grab its hand again. It's, 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 there's no perfection in this journey. It's that the journey perfects you. And the more that we can learn that, the more we can encompass that. Life is perfecting me. God is perfecting me, but I have to be open to it. And I think that that is the greatest lesson that you can learn. It's not the moment, it's the journey. And the journey is full of moments. Absolutely. And what a wonderful way to put that, Maurice, because... You know, I always say only God is perfect and we're trying to reach this state of perfection. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes it's totally unreasonable where people want to become something that they're not. And they strive with their life to become what everyone else sees as perfect, Mm. as opposed to the reality of perfection which Mm -hmm. really is something celestial and in this time in the world i really believe that unless we connect to the celestial to the realms of divinity we haven't really got any hope of survival Mm. because we've tried everything else. It Mm -hmm. doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Um, So why not try something that is beautiful, that is mystical, that is so innocent in so many ways. I I was talking to somebody a few months ago who had been really ill. And um, I said, well, why don't you pray? Because I know some people don't believe and some people do. And that's absolutely perfectly fine Mm -hmm. because everyone has a choice. Absolutely. To believe what they want to believe or not believe. Mm -hmm. It's free will. That's something that has been granted to us. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, why don't you say a little prayer? Well, why should I say a prayer? He said, because, you know, I've prayed and now I'm ill. And what's the point? I said, but now you're better. Yeah, but I can't see God. I said, Mm -hmm. but you can't see the wind. Mm -hmm. But you can see the effects of the wind. That's it. And you can't see your heart and your soul, but here you are. You think the body can move of its own accord? Mm. And he just paused because it was such a simple statement Mm -hmm. that in that moment, I didn't really know what to say other than, well, The proof of divinity, the proof of the miraculous event of your being on this earth is you in your essence. Mm. What more 
proof do you need? That's it. I think that people are often looking in all of the wrong places to find what it is they need. You pray and you believe that the answer to the prayer will always approach you externally. But sometimes the prayer that we've been praying is answered internally. And if you don't look for it, if you don't search for it in the right places, you'll never see it's there. I've, I've sat, um, I've worked with a lot of people who have dealt with addiction and they'll say, you know, I wish that I could have a miracle and that, and that, and that God could touch my life the way I see in the Bible, but that's all make believe. And I've started to walk them down paths. So let me ask you a couple questions. Have you ever been so blackout drunk that you don't know how your car got from point A to point B? Have you ever passed out and hit your head or fallen down a flight of stairs and somehow you miraculously made it through? Okay, unscathed. There's people that I've worked with who have been heroin addicts and and there was not supposed to be anyone who would come to their home that night and they overdosed and some random person knocked on the door, felt uneasy, broke into the house, found the Narcan, narcan them, brought them back to life and they say, well, I wish I could experience a miracle. And in so many moments in life, what people need to realize is that you already are the miracle that your heart keeps pumping, that your breath keeps moving through your lungs. It's a miracle. I have two brothers who passed away before the age of 30. So I have two brothers who no longer have God saying yes to the breath or to the heartbeat. So every time I wake up in the morning, I realize I'm living a miracle. I am the miracle. And if only you could understand that even in the miserable moments, even in the frustrating moments, even in the moments that have pushed you beyond what you believe is fair or what you believe is right, even the rough moments are special because it's your journey. And one, if, one, if people could take this one thing, it would change things for them. Anytime I watch movies, I sure do love a movie that's really rough to watch at the beginning and feels good at the end. I, I love superhero movies. I'm kind of a nerd. And I love to watch my favorite superhero get his butt kicked at the beginning. And you watch him and he's down and out for a little bit and he's trying to understand why did life catch me off guard the way it did? How did the bad guy break me down the way he did? And he has to turn to his resources. He has to look deep down inside and find strength and find courage and find wisdom. He has to look outside of himself and find the same. And when he finally triumphs over the things that have been holding him down, there's this feeling inside of you that goes beyond survival. It goes to the place of thriving. That's what makes him a hero. And I, I truly believe that, that when you realize that everything you've been through in your life is not just trying to help you survive, it can be used to take you to a place of thriving, of abundance. And I'm not talking just about abundant finance. I mean, happiness, joy, peace with enough to give away. 
quite frankly, my my family cannot take my joy from me. I I have I need my own personal joy. I need my own personal peace. But because I've learned lessons from divine experience and divine encounter and divine healing, I now have enough peace that I can give away to my wife. I have enough love to give away to my son. I have enough love that when I pray for you, I'm not using up my own prayer. I've already prayed for me. I have enough faith for you too. And so I believe that it's when we, when we truly learn that we are the miracle, that everything you're searching for already is you, that you begin to walk in a life that you become flourishing within. And to me, that is so much of the key to the journey. Beautiful. What an absolutely amazing statement that speaks so deeply, Maurice. You speak not only so profoundly, People, a lot of people speak, but when you speak from the heart is when it can change hearts. Mm. And I feel that's something that through your words, you are able to do. Mm -hmm. I, I truly believe in, you know, and again, as we've talked about, there's so many ways that people look at life, but I believe that something greater than me speaks through me. And so I find myself in moments, and you and I kind of talked about this a little bit before we began, that there is divine inspiration when you allow yourself to be free in the moment. So I don't I don't go onto these interviews with with pre-rehearsed answers. I don't try to figure out what I need to say. I listen and I say, "Okay, God. What is what is the truth here that I have access to? What is the wisdom that I can grab hold of?" We understand that you have some wisdom and I have some wisdom and everybody else who's on you know, this journey, they have wisdom too, but what is it that I have access to today? And any time that I reach into that thing, it's changing me. It's enlightening me. It's, it's moving my heart. Th these words that I speak are never just for you. They're always for us. And when you get that, that's the gift of communication and the gift of divine wisdom, that, that it's the double-edged sword. It cuts through your preconceived notions and mine. It, 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 it cuts through your limiting beliefs and mine. And if you open yourself up enough to know that there's always room to grow and always room to become, then you'll always be growing and becoming. And, and I just wish that more people would, would say yes to that journey because it's a yes, it's choices. We can choose this path. It doesn't feel like a choice at first. It feels like just, just a set of like luck, lucky circumstances. But if that was true, I wouldn't be the person delivering the message because I've always had the bad luck. I always had the story that sounded good then fell apart, not the story that was the resistance that overcame. <laughs> and so that I'm sitting here with something to say is the proof that you can continue to choose happiness and choose health and choose peace and choose the path to peace. It's a, it's a series of decisions. 
say yes, absolutely say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of mine, she emigrated to Australia, but before she left, she said to me, Mimi, say yes. Mm-hmm. Say yes more to life. Mm-hmm. Just say yes. Mm-hmm. If someone invites you and there's a stirring inside of you, say yes. I'm coming, Mm. I'm doing it. And by being open to that, as you said, that invitation, an invitation to life. And I feel that your work, Maurice, is actually inviting people to life. Mm. Yes, I I think that that is ultimately my purpose here on earth. I, I believe that I was put here by God, to help people know that if you've been the walking dead, you can wake up and live. And and when I say the walking dead, I mean, it's that robotic life we've talked about. You get up and everything is lifeless and hopeless and helpless. And there are so many people who seem to be sleepwalking through life. I believe that people like you and I exist to be alarm clocks And the sound that we resound with wakes up the human spirit and says, hold on a second. If you're still here, if you still have breath and life and time and opportunity, there's something you can do with that. And ultimately, that is the greatest invitation that we receive. It's the invitation to truly live. I don't, I don't want people to just walk away from conversations that I have and say, boy, he's smart. This isn't about intelligence, right? We haven't mm-hmm. talked about anything that I learned in the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> so true. I thought my right? school was actually a waste of time, I have to say. Uh, I it went was to school good for socially, music, so. but other than that, I didn't learn anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. And even to become a counselor and to take the classes that you take, mm. um, they're, they're not spiritual, they're intellectual. And, you know, I believe in certain techniques and methods, of course, you know, there's so many things scientifically that I understand, but science is only the study of what is. Sp- the spiritual is tapping into the what is. It's becoming what is. It's existing in what is. Science only studies what exists. And so when you fully embrace walking in the moment and you you will find that your resources, I remember when I first became a counselor and I sat in counseling sessions and spoke and people said, when did you get this experience? Who said I had any? Well, you're doing things that are this method and that method. How did you learn that so fast? Oh, I don't need to learn that from a book. <laughs> the divine can teach me that because all that the science studied was what already existed. The methods and techniques that already have existed before they wrote them down or else where did they come from? Where did the ideas come from to do cognitive behavioral therapy, to realize that your thinking leads to behaviors and your behaviors lead to your lifestyle? That's nothing other than an observation of what is. And so I believe that 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 is the merging of science and spirit is when you understand they can both exist because science studies what the spirit learns and knows and is. And I, and I think that's how you can become a person who is both practitioner and the person who 
is the embodiment of. Absolutely wonderful. I love how you've put that, Maurice. And yes, I like the statement about science Mm -hmm. because people are so quick to believe that it's science. Mm -hmm. But you're actually studying something that's already in existence, in Mm pre-existence. Otherwise, what would you have to talk about? Right. Right. It's already there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that didn't exist and the scientists have now made it exist. It's already been in existence in some form. That's it. That's it. I want to ask you something mm-hmm. which I've contemplated a lot and I'm finding that with people are asking me a lot and that's the very delicate subject of forgiveness. Mm. Because if you have been through such a heart-wrenching and traumatic time in one's life, you, I, whoever it is out there, if we hold on to that of all the wrongs that people have done to us. In fact, all the wrongs that we have done to ourselves. What is your wisdom on this about Mm. the art of forgiveness, Maurice? Oh, what a good question. I'll begin answering by saying that as I wrote um, my most recent book, the section on forgiveness was probably what held the book up the longest. In other words, I was writing down life lessons and life observations, things that had held me back and things that I saw that were holding back clients and and family members and, and people that I was seeing around me. And when it was time to discuss forgiveness, I was like, you know, perhaps I'm not ready to write about this yet because I don't even know what forgiveness is. And so many times, I'll be honest, I have forgiven people who hurt me and then had feelings rise up inside of me. And I thought, well, maybe I haven't forgiven them after all, or at least not forgiven them enough. What I am learning in my forgiveness journey is that forgiveness is a key and lack of forgiveness is a prison cell. When I don't forgive, those who hurt me, those who scarred me, when I don't forgive myself for those that I hurt and those that I scarred, what I do is I put myself from that period of time inside of a prison within myself. Now, I may think that it's the person who hurt me who's in the prison cell. No, I'm keeping them in the prison cell because they deserve to be there because of how much they hurt me. Well, the truth is they're not there. They're somewhere else living their own life. And who's actually stuck in your prison cell is you. Stuck with memories that are on repeat and replay in your brain. And so forgiveness is not a way to say, 
that that what they did and and how they hurt me is acceptable. That's not what you're doing. You're saying what they did and how they hurt me was unacceptable. And because it was unacceptable, I can no longer accept for those things, those moments to keep me stuck there. I accept my choice in this moment to turn the key and walk out of the cell. And the same is true of the times that I've hurt myself. I've made terrible decisions. I won't even call them mistakes because sometimes I did them all the way on purpose. They weren't accidents. But how do I grow today if I keep myself stuck back then? How do I become the father that I need to be, the husband that I need to be, the, the life coach that I need to be, the speaker that I need to be, if I'm stuck 15 years ago in my worst decision? And the, and the fact is, the truth is, I can't exist in both places. I can only exist now. I, I love Eckhart Tolle in his book, The Power of Now. It changed my life. I only have power now. And so what I have learned is that forgiveness is moment to moment. Yesterday, I may have forgiven you. But if today I find myself back in an emotional prison, I must choose again today to forgive you today and accept that something was unacceptable and that it will not keep me stuck today. To me, that is the process of forgiveness. And it's not just one moment. You have to forgive over and over. And that's such a hard thing. And here's the last thing I'll say. Oftentimes I have people who sit in front of me and they say, Maurice, listen, five years ago, I went through therapy. I went through, you know, different types of techniques and trauma therapy and all these things. And I forgave. Why on earth would I have to forgive again? And I look at them and I say, listen to me. You didn't forgive them. She did. You didn't forgive that person. He did. And they say, what do you mean? And I say, see, five years ago, you were a different woman. Five years ago, you were a different man. You, you have different life experiences and, and, and different life lessons and, and, and different traumas and dramas and pains. So, so he may have done the work to forgive. And I, and I believe he did a great job, but he's not you. You're someone new and you must now forgive again and be released again from that prison cell because you deserve it just like he deserved it or like she deserved it. This is one of the best explanations that I've heard on forgiveness, Maurice. Mm. Really, it is. It's something that is such a sore subject in mm -hmm. all of our lives. Mm -hmm. And I feel that all of us have been wronged in some way, and we mm -hmm. have wronged also. Absolutely. Uh, and we wrong ourselves each day, I believe. And this prison that you talk about, I wonder why we want to keep that person in that prison. 
and I've contemplated this and is it a punishment because you feel you want to punish them so you you feel like you said it's a prison for them but mm-hmm. it's not we're actually in that prison it's so mm-hmm. wonderfully said that it takes a lot of courage to actually forgive oneself for allowing that person to do what they did mm. and i'm not talking about when we're children because we don't have a choice sometimes mm-hmm. but i'm saying in spirit and that is such a difficult thing because as adults we allow so much to be done to us mm-hmm. and we must accept that responsibility that we do not allow anyone to disrespect our soul otherwise we are part of that punishment mm. what you're talking about is the ability to look in the mirror and learn the worth and the value of the person who stands back at you. Correct. Because if I look at that person and I I don't respect them, I don't admire them, I don't believe in them. In fact, I I disdain them. I <laughs> I loathe them. Then I will subject them to punishment and pain. And I will stay loyal to situations and for seasons that are far too long. And so what must happen eventually is that I must reconcile with myself the fact that at times I have walked myself into poisonous situations and called it purpose. That I have walked myself into situations that broke me because I wanted to break. I felt I deserved to break. Or maybe I just didn't think I deserved to be whole. And so you're right. There's certainly moments that we must forgive that we, we, we don't need to take credit for it because there's certain types of tragedies and situations that happen that you had, you played no role. You were just an innocent victim. But there's also some things that we've all been through in life where we were more than victim, where, where we opened up our, our heads and our hearts to the hurt and welcomed it in because we thought this is just my lot in life. So I have to have accountability for me not to beat myself up and say, Oh, you should have, would have, could have done something different before. No, no, you can't change life, but you can say, let's learn some lessons about where we're never going to go back to and what we're never going to live through again and what we're never going to allow to exist or persist in the future. It's not about beating yourself up for your past mistakes. It's about learning from them. Yesterday's lessons become today's wisdom. And maybe I didn't know how valuable I was 10 years ago or five years ago. Maybe I didn't know how valuable I was before I started listening to this podcast. But now that I know, it's like the moment you had in your car after the doctor's appointment when you realized that the divine was saying to to you, This is not just an obstacle. This is an opportunity. 
This is a div- this to me is a divine invitation. It's an invitation to say, I don't have to go back to what broke me again. I don't have to go back to the broken mindsets, to the broken patterns, to the broken behaviors. And sure, I'm a creature of habit and my habits are always going to revert back at times. But I can grow through them to the point where I don't need them anymore. And maybe it'll take more than one day. It may take more than one week. It may take more than one year. But you're worth doing the work to change. And it begins by honoring and seeing the person staring back at you in the mirror. I smiled all the way through that. I was smiling and I'm thankful. I'm thankful to God for this opportunity, Maurice, Mm. tonight to talk to you and to share this beautiful wisdom because it really is. And one of the things that I've learned through life is that if it gives my heart peace, then I know it's right. Mm. And when there's so many people that speak and don't actually say anything, mm. but when you speak, it has an effect. And that is really the true sign of a healer mm. is when the sound of another person's soul resonating actually hears something within your own soul Mm. and that alchemy happens Mm -hmm. and then everybody is transformed Mm -hmm. and are better for that meeting on a soul level, on a spiritual level, On every possible energetic level, there is a transformation to be had. And that is certainly how I feel tonight, Maurice. And I'm truly grateful for your presence here tonight. Well, thank you so much for having me. And and thank you for, you're just such a, a catalyst of change and a catalyst of conversation, you never once asked me a question that was cognitive. There was no questions just about process, but you allowed yourself to go to a place so that our listeners can get to a place. And I think that uh, I'm, I'm better because of this conversation. And I believe that this is, was a, was an encounter that God created and planned in his own way. And so I'm just thankful for this. Oh, that's so sweet. I feel exactly the same, Maurice. And I'm really, I'm going to listen back to this as I always do, but there are notes. I'm going to make notes this time about Mm. things that you have said because they are so important. And I know you have this book that has come out now and a lot about what we spoke about tonight. You Mm. mentioned the book and it's in the book. And I think that's really important that you have got this message of a a truly heart-placed message Mm. 
in a physical realm because mm-hmm. it's very much needed. And tell the listeners out there, please, where, again, the name of the book and where they can get the book and also details of your website and where people can contact you. Yeah, so the book is is pretty remem- um, pretty memorable for people. Usually, uh, it's called "Your Butt." That's one T. <laughs> your butt is too big, um, and so you can uh, you can find it on yourbuttistoobig.com. You can go to Amazon. I did an exclusive release on Amazon, but it is slowly making its way to to other retailers. Um, and so all you have to do is do a search for it, and you'll find it. Or you can go directly to yourbuttistoobig.com. Um, and, and within it, um, as if you guys can't tell, it's not as comedic as the title sounds, <laughs> which is um, what I thought actually. <laughs> and it took me ages and I, I thought, I don't understand. I don't understand this. And suddenly it clicked. And that's why I want to say to the listeners out there, it's not what you think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's far more. And it's a book on really on navigating this the seas of life that's it that's um it. so what about your website maurice mm, yep you can go to either your butt is too big.com mm-hmm. or you can go to maurice f martin.com um either one of those you can you can find me um you can find my videos um i'm i'm a coach and of course nowadays we can coach with people all over the world and so um you know if there's something i can do to assist you um i'm here for that uh, and one thing I did want to say, because you know, just because I can make it make sense, your butt is simply when you find yourself saying, well, I would have already worked on that, but well, I'd be healthier, but well, I, I, I think that I would have healed from that by now, but you need to understand that. And so your butt is the thing. I, I say that what you haven't healed from in your life, you carry as dead weight and it becomes the dead weight that stands between you and destiny. And so that is the, the the real premise of your butt is too big. I'm glad you um, said that. I couldn't have said it eloquently um, like you have. But yes, in a way, it's, it's a similar word as if as if only, if mm-hmm. only this, if only mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah, so for all the listeners out there, um, Amazon is the place to go to be enlightened with more of Maurice's wisdom and also with all the information that he has given. And I will also, on the episode, Maurice, I will put a link to your site so people that want to find out more or contact you, they can do so, because I think that would be really worthwhile for whoever can um, to get in contact with Maurice to help you on this um, journey through life, for sure. Mm, Thank you so much for that. But do come back again. I would love to have you back and um, share another episode and see how it's all going in a few months' time. Yeah, I would. I would absolutely love that. I don't. I wouldn't even know where the conversation could potentially go with the two of us again. But I would. <laughs> I uh, certainly welcome that, and I'm just so thankful for um, for for this evening. So thank you. Oh well, thank you, Maurice, and my regards to the United States. And I wish you. It's daytime, is it there now? 
It is. It is. See, you just you just ratted me out because I said tonight since you've been saying tonight. So it's <laughs> <laughs> it's about three thirty in the afternoon here. But for you, it's it's a much it's a much more deep deep uh, and and uh, transcendent beautiful evening. <laughs> yes. So regards from the United Kingdom, from London, and um, I wish you a beautiful day, a beautiful life, and I hope, God willing, one day you will come back soon and we will share beautiful conversation. I look forward to it and thank you again. Uh, Take care. Bye-bye. 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 Maurice F. Martin. Absolutely fantastic talk. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an absolute honour always to share these beautiful and amazing guests with you, my listeners. Until next time, remember, say yes. Say yes more to life and see how it changes. Take care and lots of love. Thank you for listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life, brought to you by your host, Mimi Novik. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and see you in the next episode. For more information about Mimi Novik and her books, music and inspirational work, take a look at her website, www.miminovik.co.uk.